0: Thank you to everyone that has tuned into 52 Weeks of Hustle thus far and has made it such a huge success. Crazy to think we're nearing the end of Season 2. In addition, thank you for all the kind words and support of the book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales. I hope it can continue to be beneficial as you push to be elite. General Sports Worldwide has continued to pick up steam in both the search and recruiting space, as well as the overall consulting space, which consists of sales and leadership training. We are only continuing to grow as we've just acquired The Clubhouse, an industry-leading job board, mentorship platform, mental health platform, and an extensive training portal. Please let us know if we can ever be of assistance and be sure to fill out a profile on the Clubhouse. Be sure to follow on 52weeksofhustle.com as well as Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Appel, and I'll be your host of this podcast I've been fortunate to spend my entire career in the sports sales industry, and I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to those individuals that want to get in this business or for those that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. Each week, I'm going to have the opportunity to sit down with industry professionals to talk about their career growth, what it takes to be successful, and ultimately a few key takeaways for you to apply to your everyday. Without further ado, our guest this week, Imagine being right in the middle of some of the top sports and business news in the country on a consistent basis. With so many newsworthy stories, someone has to help prioritize and edit them. And I'm excited to have that leader today. Our next guest, Abe Madcorp, publisher and executive editor of the Sports Business Journal. Abe, welcome to the show. It's great to be with you, Travis. Thanks for having me. Abe, thanks for being here. And I'm excited to dive into your career. And you're responsible for the overall business of the recognized leaders in sports business news and information. So What excites you about the landscape of this business each and every day?
1: Oh, it's great to wake up every morning and tackle an industry that's so dynamic and changing so quickly. Travis, you've been in this business a long time, too. So, you know, the things we're seeing, the things we're hearing, the things we're reporting on uh, every day are changing so fast. And the sports industry continues to be a very, I would call it a hot sector of global industry. And so you see some of the biggest players across uh, global sports wealth and uh, entrepreneurship and in media and entertainment, all looking at sports investments. And so that makes the territory and the landscape very, very exciting. But like I said, it is fast moving. Things are changing so rapidly in terms of new technologies, I would say new investments, new companies. So that gets me excited every day.
0: Well, you know, you, you kind of lead into the next question about, you know, there are so many newsworthy stories and there's so many moving pieces and it's moving fast, to your point. What does an average or a typical day look like for you?
1: Well, you know, I think I see you a lot on the road, Travis, when we're traveling at industry events or having industry meetings. So outside of that, you know, a typical day for me starts very early. I'm up at around four forty-five every morning. Uh, I record a morning um, buzzcast, uh, which is about ten minutes of some of the top issues of the day related to the business of sports. So I start writing that every morning at around five forty-five, and then um, really after that's done, I take a little bit of a quick breath and then get into my meetings. But it's a uh, really from the 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 main crux of the day, Travis is just like any business leader does, checking in with all the groups that uh, I work with, making sure everything's operating as efficiently and optimally as possible, being there for our people. Uh, One of my lines is, I'm here if you need me. And that's got to be the case of any leader, you have to be there for your people. So it could be across finance, it could be across HR, it could be across a meeting regarding revenue, it could be across our conferences and events, and it could be around editorial. So a lot of a lot of different touch points during the day. And you know, work into the evening and then try to, you know, get some <laughs> mind body relaxation at
0: the, in the evening. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I'd be remiss not to, to mention you, you talked about the SBJ buzzcast, you know, that you talk about consistency in this business and you host that on a daily, your morning. And I know, you know, I host this once a week and that that's enough, but spinning to a sales message a little bit, what's your elevator pitch for the SBJ buzzcast? Oh,
1: for the SBJ Buzzcast, that's a unique product that we launched a few years ago, Travis, but that was really a way for us to get outside our paywall because Sports Business Journal is purely paid content. People, it's always been from day one, since it started in 1994 with Sports Business Daily, people pay a premium to access our content. We created Buzzcast as a way to uh, amplify our offering outside of the paywall. So it's a good, fun way for people who are engaged with Sports Business Journal, but also those who maybe aren't to get a read of some of the issues on the business side of sports. And we've been using it really as a Barker, as a marketing tool for allow people to experience the content and then subscribe to the content. So that's been a fun way of us to kind of broaden and amplify our offering and our message and our content.
0: Yep. Uh, and it's a great, to your point, it's quick, you know, 10 minutes to, to start the morning off and, you know, now, Abe, with the Sports Business Journal, it's widely recognized, and, and you certainly lead the charge in the daily publication of the Sports Business Daily. So I know in, in writing for several newspapers and, and personally receiving a degree in journalism, right. Right. it was enough work to do a weekly newspaper, You know, let alone that consistent daily process. So what all goes into focusing on publishing great content on such a consistent basis?
1: Well, luckily, we've got a really talented uh, editorial staff, Travis, as, as you said, are experienced uh, they have been in the business for years, many of them, some of them, though, are new to the business. And so to me, it's about talent always is about talent. But in terms of our product offerings, I mean, we were the first, you know, in the sports business side to be an aggregator. And, you know, we make no uh, apologies to being an aggregator. Our daily service aggregates news and information from more than 600 sources around the world, whether it's, you know, newspapers, whether it's digital media, whether it's podcasts, whether it's uh, other forms of content. And we offer people People are very smart, brief, important an authoritative look at the sports industry throughout the day. So all the news that's related to the business of sports, we're able to deliver to our clients multiple times a day in different news feeds, but gives them a real understanding of what's happening that day. Then for our weekly product, you know, and our daily product as well, we have our our staff reporting and breaking original news and original analysis and original takes on all the issues related to sports business. Largely, our editorial staff is made up of beat reporters. So I have a John Arance, the best sports media reporter out there. Terry Lefton, sports marketing and sponsorship. Michael Smith, college sports. So we focus on very specific areas of the business. And again, it's about understanding the business, developing great sources, being able to connect the dots, and also just being a step ahead of your competition.
0: Yeah. Now, Abe, you know, many times here on 52 Weeks of Hustle, we've talked to leaders in this industry that have talked about the value of people and you brought up the value of people, you know, very often. And so as as you're going through, whether it's, you know, your lead beat reporter or your editor or somebody in HR, like what are the key characteristics you're looking for in hiring A-level talent?
1: Yeah, I look for... You know, it's a word that's probably overused, but I I, I still, I look for grit. You know, I look for people who can really, you know, what we do here isn't easy and it's not always for the faint of heart and the hours can be long and we're, you know, it's a competitive environment, media and entertainment, sports, business media is a competitive space. So we have to want to win every day and we have to put in the hours and and the time and the energy and the thought to really be an industry leader. So I look for grit. Uh, I look for people who are curious, who ask really good questions. I certainly look for work ethic. Uh, Those are some things you can try to get in an interview, but sometimes you have to speak to more people and references and even the references of the references to try to find the makeup of these people. I certainly look for character and integrity. Everything we do on the editorial side and the business side, Travis, is all based on the integrity and I would say uh, the fairness of Sports Business Journal. One of the things I'm proud of is, I think over 20 plus years, we've developed a reputation for being fair, for being honest, and being uh, full of integrity.
0: Oh, absolutely. Wade, now, with both the daily and the buzzcast, there's so much content, but you ultimately need to, to prioritize and condense. I mean, you, you, the buzzcast could literally be a 20-hour episode every day. The, the SBJ could be you know 400 pages based on all of it. So what is your advice to listeners on being able to, to really prioritize their day and their initiatives? Well, luckily, I've
1: got a really talented staff that pours through all of this, and some of them are in in as early as 4.30 in the morning, Travis, where they're starting to go through all this news. And so we do a, a bunch of different news feeds for people. We have a morning buzz that goes out around 8, 8.15 Eastern time. Those are really the quick news of the day that people should know. A more comprehensive daily versions around noon, closing bells at around four, unpacks at six. And then we do newsletters, vertical newsletters related to sports media, sports sponsorship, esports, football, college sports. And so a lot of people pick and choose what their preferences are, Travis, as our subscribers do. And so they're able to I would say, personalize their feed a little bit. We're in the the process of developing a much more sophisticated personalization system. So like you would be able to access all the news that we know that you're reading currently and regularly, and you could also put out or specify other companies or people you're interested in getting news alerts on. But I do find that one of the negatives we get, and it's purely a, a fun negative. It's like, boy, you guys just sent so much. It takes up, it takes up a little part of my day to make sure I'm reading everything. And yes, we have tried to make business decisions based on that, but yes, we pride ourselves also in making sure that we don't miss anything and have something for each specific user. So you know, people have their different favorites of what they want to engage
0: with. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, the publication officially launched back in '94, where you joined as a senior staff writer. Did you ever imagine you'd still be there coming up on almost 30 years later?
1: No way. I mean, I guess, I'm a <laughs> I guess I'm a creature of comfort or don't love change, but it's been a great ride. I've been very proud to be part of this, and I love the business of sports. I consider myself a student of the business of sports every day. Uh, when I'm with people, when I'm with you, when I'm with others, I could sit at a table and talk about the business of sports all day. Yep. I love that. I love the personalities, I love the strategies, I love the business decisions around it. I love it more than the actual competition on the right. field, of course. So, yeah, I never thought I'd be part of it, but um, you know, it's been a great ride and to see this publication grow to where it is today has been very gratifying.
0: You know, and all of our listeners can certainly hear the passion in your voice and you know, that's what we talk a lot about, right? You know, unfortunately, a lot of us aren't going to be the GM of the team or the starting pitcher, or the starting point guard. But, you know, do you have the passion for the business side, which you certainly do? And what do you feel like as an organization you guys are doing on a consistent basis to maintain some of that top talent?
1: I think people uh, you know, want to be in a place where they feel like they're respected, treated fairly, listen to, have autonomy to do their jobs, work for a publication, work for anything where it matters. Like I tell our people all the time, like what you do really matters. It matters to the sports industry. It matters to the leaders of sports around the world. Like people who make the key business decision impacting sports and, and the sports enterprise rely on our products and information. I hear about it every day. Whether they're commissioners, whether they're team owners, whether they're uh, running a sports media company, whether whether they're the heads of the largest sports agencies in the world, their, their news feed is filled with our content. So I tell people all the time that you may think you're, you know, and you are, you're working very hard. You may think that it's, you know, just putting out content, but it's not. It's so much more than that. It is, it is putting out content that is really making a difference in these people's decision-making process. But I do think that Travis, I mean, I know you and you feel the same way is that, you know, it's all about giving people the, 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 the room to do a good job giving them, I know it's, terribly cliche, but giving them the resources to do what they need and being there for them and being fully understandable of what they're going through on a daily basis, listening more than talking. But it's also about if you're a leader at this company, you have to show leadership qualities because leadership matters. Yep.
0: No, absolutely. And I, and I love that. You know, I always utilize the phrase, you know, you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. You should do twice as much listening as you do talking. And you know, so Abe, as you spent your career there, you you quickly went up the ranks. You were known, named co-editor-in-chief in 96, became executive editor of SPJ and Daily in 2003. In 2019, you were tabbed publisher and executive editor and tabbed to oversee the entire business there in, in 19, a couple of years ago. And so first and foremost, congrats on all your successes. Abe, what do you feel like you did on such a consistent basis to grow so quickly?
1: Uh, well, I work, I'm, I'd say this, uh, and, and I'm not trying to be arrogant at all. I, I work really hard. You know, I put in a lot of time and energy and effort into this job. It, it's a lifestyle for me. I'm, you know, I'm single with no children. So for me, my life is uh, for better or for worse based around my 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 work here at Sports Business Journal. Some people said it's my identity. You know, I, I think that it's just something I'm very passionate about. So I've talked about the passion related to the business of sports. So, you know, that's helped me. But I've also like you know, people need to prepare, people need to read, people need to be fully under. You can't fake it in this business. So you know it, Travis, when you go meet with the team owner, you go meet with the commissioner, you go meet with the team president, you go meet with the higher up, like you have to know your stuff and you have to comport yourself in a way that they're going to end up respecting you and figuring out, boy, this person understands this business or they really know what they're talking about. That's probably one of the biggest pieces of, I would say compliments that someone can pay you. And so when I was young and, you know, growing through the business, A lot of it was just outworking and trying to understand as much as I can and being doing whatever was asked of me. So all those things I know are cliche,
0: but, you know, you got to live it. Yeah. You know, to your point, you have to be able to resonate with the people and show that you understand. And so what is your advice to listeners out there on on being able to prepare for those meetings, whether those are meetings with the executive team of, of the company they're working for or even if it's B2B sales and being preparing for a sales meeting? So
1: what I do, and I'm sure you do the same thing, Travis, is you know whether I'm doing an interview with um, a team owner or a commissioner, whether I'm speaking at an event, whether I'm going to go have a meeting with somebody else, you know I try to read as much as I can prior to the meeting. I also will talk to people hey, Travis, you know, Abe, uh, what do you know about him? What's important to him right now? What makes, what what does he really enjoy talking about? Uh, what, what, what gets him passionate? What gets him excited? So I do a lot of prep work. Uh, I don't fake it. I don't go in, you know, there's nothing more that sets my mind at ease rather than being prepared. You know, there've been plenty of times when I was in my twenties and then early thirties where, The night before I was pacing my hallway and, you know, you know, trying to memorize scripts and trying to memorize openings. And so those things come time and again. And, you know, I would say, luckily, there's so much information out there, Travis, for us to want to absorb on people. So if I wanted to do an interview with Travis Apple, I could go and look and see what's been written about him, see what you said, see what you've done on your social feeds, see what matters to you and then be armed and prepared for those discussions. So to me, it's all about reading.
2: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed.
0: Again, we're here on 52 weeks of hustle. The guest today, Abe Madcor, publisher and executive editor of the sports business journal. And so Abe, as you've seen the SBJ and daily grow and evolve so much over the years, What are you and the team most proud of?
1: Probably, like I said, becoming a daily habit for people. Like, you know, people say, like, you are part of my daily experience. You're part of my daily lifestyle. Um, What you do all matters to my daily decision making. That's something I'm very proud of. I'm proud that we've done it, I think, in a very honest, ethical way. I think we've treated people very fairly. We're not perfect, we've made mistakes. Um, You know, but we always listen. I'm a big believer that because as you can imagine, Travis, this is a competitive business and the people don't feel like they've been covered fairly or story was fair or the business dealings were fair. They'll complain and largely they'll complain to me. And, you know, I take pride in being a good listener and trying to come to some sort of resolution or learn from it so we can both stay connected in a relationship but be better for it. So those are the things I'm I'm most proud of. And we keep trying to iterate and, and we keep trying to do different products and we haven't stood still. I mean, in the last two years with COVID, we've launched about 10 different vertical newsletters. We've done video shows, we've done podcasts. And I was with a meeting with a very high level executive in the finance world. And he was just, he goes, I'm blown away by all the things you guys have launched in just the last two years of COVID because you're so much more you know, in my daily feed right now. And it's all so well done. And that's nice to hear. So that's purely a compliment to all the talented people who work here.
0: You know, throughout the the entire podcast, we've talked a lot about, you know, just not only the stuff that you guys did during the pandemic, but on the consistent basis and the amount of newsletters and content you're producing. What does the makeup of the SBJ staff look like?
1: Well, we are right now, let me think here, um, 115 or so, and that's with, we also uh, have eSports Observer, Sport Techie, which is part of our world now. We uh, did a partnership or an acquisition of Sport Techie in November um you know it depends on the group you know the editorial group uh you know if you're working on our daily content travis a lot of them are young a lot of them are fresh out of school a lot of them are looking for a job in sports communication sports journalism um it's definitely a great learning uh i would say platform for somebody to take that next step and our alumni from sports business our our daily feed and see where they are now is a great story you know our 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 original writers, our reporters are a little bit more experienced. J school background, probably started doing a beat for a local newspaper or magazine, and then have kind of uh, taken a job more specifically on the business side. You know, like, like, you know, we're not as diverse as I would like us to be. Certainly Travis, we're probably, um, I I would love to see us continue to add, add and grow staff. We're always looking for, I would say the areas that we've grown the most. You know, design's been incredibly important to us. Marketing has been an incredibly important area for us. Our social team, a couple of years ago it was one. Now it's going to be close to five. So, you know, the makeup is across subscription sales, sponsorship and advertising sales. We have a marketing team. We have a conference and events team. And of course, we have our editorial team. So and our technology group, of course. So it's a it's a broad group. It's continuing to grow. And we're part of a larger organization called Leaders Group, Travis, which some of your readers may know or listen. Let me get it. And Travis, were part of a larger sports organization called Leaders Group, which some of your listeners know, which is leaders in sports out of the UK, New Zoo out of Amsterdam. So it's been fun to be part of such a growing enterprise. And we're backed by Advance out of New York.
0: No, absolutely. And you mentioned technology a couple of times. And to your point, back in, in November, acquired sports techie, Why do you think, and from advice to listeners, technology is so important and no matter what you're doing in this business?
1: I just think that, you know, you and I have been seeing a lot of changes and where's the biggest change has impacted the sports industry. It's all been rooted in some form of technology that's either aided and allowed viewers to engage with sports more frequently or easier. It's allowed operations to operate their um, teams, leagues, and agencies more efficiently. It has allowed us to engage with content. I, you know, you call them social media platforms. I call them tech platforms in terms of the likes of of Twitter and Instagram and and Facebook and how that's definitely changed the sports uh, landscape. The sports betting companies, Travis, I could argue that they're built on a tech platform, and so those are tech plays as well. To me, you know, we're seeing technology. <coughs> we're seeing technology companies. Apple, Peacock, Paramount Plus, ESPN Plus. Those are tech bag, those are technology backed uh companies that are changing the way that we all view and experience sports so those are the reasons that i'm very bullish on uh our partnership with sport techie and it gets back to when you go to a game travis and you're, you're going to be facially recognized and that's yeah. going to help with your ordering and that's going to help where you go sit and that's going to help what you have to buy for merchandise there are so many foundations that are caught co- that are rooted in technology that are changing the sports business that it's an Really important for us to be on top of those.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, Abe, the ESPJ is, is so much more than just the publication. It also hosts multiple conferences and award shows throughout the year. You oversee several of those with the prestigious World Congress of Sports, the 40 Under 40 Awards Dinner, the Sports Business Awards Gala. And so now those are not only top-notch conferences and certainly not something that can be put together overnight. Why are those so important to be the host as, as SBJ?
1: Well, I mean, one of the things we've been rooted in as a company ethos for years, Travis, is like, we are the place where the industry does business. We are, we are a great connector to the sports industry. I've hear, heard it time and again. When we have some of our industry events, people come up to me and said, we never got together like this as an industry until SBJ started doing these type of events. So when 1,000 people come to our Sports Business Awards or 800 to our World Congress of Sports or whether it's 300 to an event on ticketing and, and sales, like we are bringing people together. And there are so many benefits of that, Travis. You've met people who have remained in your life from those events. I've seen business deals happen from those events. I've seen mergers and acquisitions and hires being made from relationships that started at our events. So like every great industry, sports needed its place to come together and to network and to facilitate discussions. And that's the role that we see SBJ serving.
0: You know, Abe, we just spent some time together a couple of weeks ago at a conference and and you were kind of the keynote to talk about some of the, the top kind of items and so a little bit of today's business what do you feel like and what are you hearing that listeners should be thinking about some of the top trends that sports business professionals are looking into right now well
1: we talked about the change in technology and the trends rooted there so that is something that you have to stay on top of you know we're taking a really uh strong active look in terms of the the the, the I don't have the answers to it, but the NFT space, the digital collectible space, the metaverse space, it's so early, but I do think there's some people very excited about the opportunities there for the sports business. We're obviously, Travis, looking at always fan engagement and the fan experience and fandom as a whole. There's been some concerns whether sports fandom could wane based on just changes of behavior, and especially of young people. So we're always looking at that trend in terms of engagement and what sports are doing to be relevant and appealing to young people. Not our age, Travis, but, but, but very young people who are the future of the business. You know, we talked about media fragmentation and media distribution. That's a technology issue, but it's also the way that people uh, engage with sports. But I will say, you know, I said that uh, a couple of weeks ago when you and I were together, you know, I'm very excited about the sports business. There's a lot of, I would say, you know, wind at the sports industry's back. There's a lot of things that make it very exciting in terms of growth. It's very globally appealing you're seeing unbelievable interest. What did I say of the 100 most viewed shows in 2021? I believe more than 92 of them were sports programs. So that shows that sports drives pop culture, sports drives engagement, and people want to be around the sports business. So it's a very exciting place in terms of more Actual issues, I mean, obviously we were watching baseball and we watched the resolution of a collective bargaining agreement. You know, we're looking very interested in the next round of media rights negotiations. The Big Ten has a big deal coming up. MLS has a big deal coming up. So media rights are still an incredibly important part of the industry. And then you look for growing pockets of new sports. There's a lot of discussion, Travis, you and I talked about that, of, 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 of emerging sports. Where is there some space that people can own? It won't be an NFL. It won't be an NBA, but it will be a very healthy business that somebody could really own and try to grow, whether that's lacrosse, whether that's pickleball, whether that's U, uh, MMA or something to that extent.
0: Yep. Now, as you think about Abe, the next five plus years, what are you most excited about with, with SBJ and ultimately the sports industry?
1: Well, for us, we're continuing to grow. So we need to look about how we can grow our business by, you know, 25, 50 percent over the next few years. And that's that's aggressive. And as you know, you run a business that's hard. Um, So uh, we're looking at really unique organic growth that we can start in terms of areas we're not in into the B2B space. Are there some technology plays we could be getting into? Um, so I'm excited by the opportunity to think differently and try to really revamp the, the business. Nobody, everybody knows the media business is challenging because you know, the, 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 fa- the fundamentals that made up media advertising and distribution have changed dramatically. So that's always been a little bit, we knew a headwind facing us. So how do we, uh, how do we change our business model? So that's very exciting for SPJ. For the business as a whole, Travis, like I said, I just think we're entering into an area of, I think there's going to be some really unprecedented growth of, of new sports. I think the, the, I think you're going to see greater growth of global sports. I think there's not going to be any boundaries between, you know, f ones going to be a sport around the world that people are going to enjoy. We already seen what the Premier League does in the United States, you know, 10, 15 years ago, Travis, you and I probably never would have guessed the growth of the Premier League in the U.S. alone. And so you're going to see the NBA grow in Europe, Africa, China. So, you know, the Basketball Africa League, a a fantastic example uh, of a sport growing on a continent that has unbelievable potential. So I do think the globalization of sport is going to be incredibly interesting. So all of these things are going to be uh, fun to watch, but we also have to be rooted into the, like, where does fandom go? you know, how much are fans willing to pay for uh, tickets, the elasticity of ticket pricing, you're in the ticket ticket, you yep. know, you, you're one of the smartest guys when it comes to the ticket business in all of sports. So that is something I'm sure you're paying close attention to, you know, what sports grow in America, where's MLS in a couple of years, you know, those are some very interesting, where's baseball in a few right. years, I think everybody's looking at that as well. And then, you know, right now, I think the most, unrest travis is in collegiate sports between the nil and between realignment and between the transformation of division one I, I think those are probably three of the biggest issues facing college sports that i can recall
0: yeah a lot of really interesting trends and certainly that to your point even you know five ten years ago we would have never imagined a lot of things going on and so the next five and ten years are going to be a lot of fun and so Abe, going back to the beginning, you know, you've obviously had a great career at SPJ. You had a unique path to get to where you are. You grew up in Vermont, six other siblings. You're the youngest. And I'm sure that was certainly a competitive family to say the least. But you went on to attend the University of Vermont, received a degree in political science and English. What did you think you wanted to do?
1: I knew I wanted to be in sports or politics. So growing okay. up, that, that was always my areas of interest. I wanted to be around some form of communication or writing. Um, I also love the restaurant business. So well, one time I thought I'd own a restaurant. To be honest. <laughs> yeah. So then after college, I, got, I was lucky enough to get an internship on Capitol Hill for U.S. Senator Patrick Leahy, a Democrat from Vermont. And so I got the political bug pretty early. And if you live in Washington, D.C. at that time, and you walked every morning to your office and you walked by the Supreme Court in the Capitol building, it was intoxicating. It was unbelievable. And sure, you're making almost, you know, no money, like $18,000 a year, but to be in the halls of Congress every day, every day, your weekends were spent going to the Lincoln Memorial or the Jefferson Memorial, the White House were just fantastic. So, but I did it for about four years and I just knew that I didn't want to be in policy. I didn't want to be in legislation. And so I wanted to be in sports and, you know, luckily one lesson for your viewers and listeners, Travis, I know, you know, this, like I, I used my contacts and my network to help get me a job into the sports business. So I used the people. And when I say use them, I did right. I, I would say I leaned on them to help make introductions to the people they knew in the world of sports, because sports and politics crossed over quite a bit in Washington, DC. And that landed me a job at the Washington bullets. That's where the, yeah. that was the name of the team at that time. And then the Baltimore Orioles. So, you know, I went from, politics to sports uh through that transition
0: yeah and you mentioned your time with the Washington Bullets and the Baltimore Orioles how was that experience for you
1: oh I loved it I mean for the for the Bullets I started doing logging game tape for the general manager John Nash and his assistant GM and then they 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 said uh, if, you, if you're free at nights why don't you uh, get a job at the scores table It'd be a great experience so I was on the scores table so watching the NBA's greatest players for every home game at the scores table yeah. Travis you learn so much it's about pretty the- exciting Oh, you learn so much about basketball, you learn so much about strategy, you watch these personalities, it was an unbelievable experience. And then, you know, with the Orioles, I was, you know, it was under Larry Lucchino and Charles Steinberg, I mean, legends to this day, Theo Epstein was in that group as well. And you just see how an operation begins to work, you begin to understand PR, community relations where baseball operations sit in a larger organization, stadium operations, how a stadium, you know, works during the day, the cadence of a sports event. So you, you learned all of that. And so those are just, and people who I met in those days, we're talking 94, 95. I have some who are friends, of course, to this day. So those are the relationships that make up the, I would say, the foundation of someone's career.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. Wave, you've had certainly a great career. As you look back at it, what has been your best memory?
1: Oh, God, there's been so many. I've been so fortunate, whether it's events, whether it's interviews, whether it's seeing an event grow, whether it's hosting our first sports business awards or our 10th sports business awards. Um, You know, that's a really, you stubbed me on that one, my friend, my best, you know, a memory of just working with some great people and seeing everything we've done here day in and day out. It's a great memory. And so I feel very fortunate and very lucky to work for people who have supported me, uh, both, you know, from the top, but also people who I work with every day. And so that's, that's a great memory. And uh, Uh, more memories to come, man. There's a lot, there's a lot going on. There's a lot to do. So,
0: well, what a great way to finish. You know, that's certainly been the consistent theme of this podcast is the value of people. And so you it's been great to close it out. I like to put our guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? I'm ready. All right. What is the last thing you completed
3: on your bucket list? Give me one second.
1: It was Augusta. Nice if a a movie what's that uh, augusta a couple years ago and i gotta say it feels like a long time ago but
0: that was a big bucket list item yeah if a movie was made about your life who would you want to play you
1: people said i look like either greg Kinnear or will ferrell all
0: right if you hosted a late night talk show who would be your first guest peter gabriel and finally, to close it out, what are three key takeaways you would give every listener to be in your shoes one day?
1: Work hard, have integrity, treat
0: people well. Love it. Love it. You know, it's, it's uh, 52 weeks of hustle. Working hard is all about that. You know, certainly integrity, treating people well, the, the common theme, again, people. Abe, thank you so much. It's certainly been a pleasure talking to you. I really appreciate your time, your expertise, and certainly your insights into the industry.
1: Well, thanks for having me and keep doing what you're doing, my friend. You do a great job.
0: Thank you so much. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week.